Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am the CEO and founder of J Intel, a nonprofit organization that bridges the gap between faith-based and therapeutic resources. Being an overcomer, visionary, and God's creation, I empower women with their emotional wellness and intimacy with God to live abundantly. In this podcast series, we reveal that our wellness is not just physical health, but includes mental and spiritual health. True health and well-being include all three aspects. We transform our lives when we care for our mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back, you guys. This is a healing piece. We are kicking off January, talking about our mind, body, and spirit. Last week, if you were with us, we started the conversation about removing distractions and and really being able to come into a place where we're focusing on who we are and how God created us and being okay with all three aspects of our well-being. And as I promised, oh, I promised big, and I'm this is going to be incredible. I have a friend coming on the show today, and we're just going to talk about God, of course, because you know how much I love my dad, our body image and sexuality. And so I wanted to invite someone who is an expert in this area. She has so much information, and I'm excited to have her here today. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It is so great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yay! So Jennifer, I know you from the wonderful sessions that you've had, and I had the opportunity to listen to you. But those who are listening today for the first time, they're like, who is this Jennifer lady? So can you <laughs> give us some little information of who you are and, and why I can call you an expert? So I'm a Christian living in San Diego, California. I am a marriage and family therapist, and I'm a sex therapist and a chemical dependency counselor. So a few different areas that I specialize in. I have a doctorate in psychology. I have a wonderful family. I have four children. They're all adults. My youngest just became, just turned 20. So I don't have any more teenagers. <laughs> They're all scattered all over, but I'm a professor and a speaker. I love that. And yeah, I, I have a couple books out. I would say most of all, my gosh, what do I really think is important about anything I do? I love helping people just know the heart and character of God. I'd mm -hmm. say that. And that's such a, for me, something that I really enjoy bringing to the forefront because I know mm -hmm. that we've had a lot of experiences in our lives that just kind of muddle that perception of God. And we've, yeah. And, and so I love coming back to a pure place with him and being able to talk about his character and yeah. talk about who we are in him and especially about how much he loves us. Because sometimes yeah. we, we tune out of that piece because we get so dutiful. Yeah. So I say all this because we are in great company. And I know that because that's part of your passion, we're going to have a great conversation today. We are. So again, thank you already before you even get started. And since you talked about a little bit about your therapist credentials and, and working with sexuality and things of that nature, could you start us off with how does God view our body and sexuality and sensuality? And, and does that actually go together? <laughs> 
Well, that's what's kind of funny is a lot of time we think of God over here, way to the left and sensuality and sexuality way over here to the right. And those two things should never touch, you know, and that's not actually at all how the Bible is or how God is. And also we tend to only think about the body in terms of we're so influenced by culture. Mm. So we only think of the body in terms of, is it fit? Is it thin? As if that's how God thinks, but that's actually not. Scriptures actually literally tell us how God thinks about our bodies, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, the word there, I just love it. It's that fearfully, wonderfully made term. Those terms are the terms that are used about how we describe God himself. Like the, oh my goodness, like bow down before him, awe, right? Hmm. That's actually how God views the creation of our body. Mm. And so I do think a lot of times we have to reclaim that, that we often, because of culture and media and upbringing and all kinds of different things, we don't view our bodies the same way God does. When you look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the parts of the body and he Mm. calls unpresentable parts that we are to treat them with special honor. So he's actually using the physical body to explains spiritual body and that we have these parts that are unpresentable. So this is the parts you don't like walk around and flash everybody, you know, <laughs> so our breasts, our buttocks, our vagina, vulva, you know, like we don't flash them as women. And so what does he say about those parts? He says they're to be treated with special honor. So like the sexual parts of our body, that word honor there, it literally means time is the word T-I-M-E in the Greek. It looks like the word time, but uh, time in the Greek means like crazy type of honor, like, like beyond awesome. I always joke about how if you ever get to go in England, in London to see the crown jewels, they're behind like five vaults. It's crazy getting in there. That's the kind of protect it, honor it, lift it up word that's used in first Corinthians 12. So God actually says that's how we're to treat our unpresentable parts of our body, right? The parts that are maybe we think of as more sensual or sexual. That's how God wants us to treat our body. I mean, the word temple is used. So it doesn't say that we're supposed to treat our body as if it's a temple. Mm. It is Mm. a temple. It is a temple. Not, are you treating your body like a temple? It is a temple. Hmm. So it's like, wow. And so I do think that how it overlaps, how we view our body and how we view our body in terms of sensuality and sexuality. God's very sex positive And the Bible talks about the body in a very positive way, even though our culture and our upbringing might not. Yet Song of Solomon is a whole book on sensuality and sexuality. So God's very sex positive and body positive. And you shared so much. So I'm going to try to... Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it, it's great because There's two things that really stood out to me in terms of what you were describing, because I don't necessarily do this for myself. And Mm -hmm. and that is looking at my body as something positive and something that is breathtaking. And I know because when you think about weight or even in the, the context of how other people have talked to me about my body, it was never something where... It was like, oh, it's great. It's awesome. It's part of that creation. And I know we know that scripture so many times. We're fearfully, wonderfully made. 
But I think sometimes when we hear it, we don't necessarily attach that to our body image. And so to hear you state and, and make those statements about the crown jewels and, yeah. and special honor, it, I mean, that's, that's a whole new way of thinking about how me as an individual is created outside of my spirituality. I mean, do we think of ourselves with those words? When's the last time you stood in front of a mirror naked and said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't think I've ever, I used to say, wow, why is that there? Yeah. <laughs> how did it, how did it expand like this? <laughs> when did this happen? How did it get to this point? Yeah. But, but never, I, I think the other piece that's really profound as well is not only how we look at ourselves from our perspective in terms of our body image and enjoying what we're seeing, but also the connection point of God looks at us beautiful yeah. and, and wow. Mm -hmm. And actually it says in first Peter three, that the woman who's married, uh, that God views her as having an unfading beauty. Mm. I mean, isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. And so I think my, my next question is how, in the sense of you know, how God views us in, in this perspective of goodness and greatness mm -hmm. to where we end up? Mm. Meaning, how's that difference? How does that evolve itself to a place where it's so difficult for us to see that creation of what he's done and being able to embrace and hold on to that? To God's perspective rather than. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So like, what are some things that I know you talked a little bit about the thin perspective. Yeah. But what are some elements that have come up in our society that kind of pulls us away? Because I think I'm asking this question because sometimes we do things so automatic that we're not aware of what's pulling us away from this goodness, this crown jewel. Yeah, there really often has to be a reclaiming of mm -hmm. God's view of the body and of sexuality. We tend to only think of sexuality, especially in Christian circles, in connection with marriage. But actually, we're sen sexual from the moment we're conceived. And I think we have to reclaim sexuality as a person thing, not a, a married thing. Hmm. And I do think often what we do is we don't actually know what the Bible teaches about sexuality. Right. So we give these like trite answers. Uh, well, just don't do it till you're married when there's all kinds of scriptures on sexuality in the Bible. And so we should probably have a deeper understanding of what mm -hmm. the scriptures say and not give trite, easy answers mm -hmm. um, when we're talking about sexuality. Um, because what happens is we, there's actually some research on uh, Christian women in general feel objectified in their bodies because of the way the bodies even talked about within Christian circles, meaning mm -hmm. it's usually just don't do that. Don't show that you're not supposed to move like that. So there's negative don't do's that are the main communication. And so then it becomes this, there's something wrong and bad about my body. Mm. And so, it, so the body becomes objectified and shamed rather than, wow, the body is so amazing. Look how God did it. Let's make sure we're treating it as that honorable. And I would say too, there's a lot of different things that change that 
that perspective from how God wants us to view it. If somebody has a background in sexual trauma, it Mm. will very much affect how they view their body and how they view sexuality. So when you actually study what the Bible says about sex biblically, there's quite a bit, actually, most of the scriptures are on what not to do. They are, you know, sexual sin. And yet the scriptures that are on how sex should be show how beautiful sex is. This is erotic sexuality, like having sex with someone else. And God's intention is that it be beautiful. But Satan has taken something that God created to be beautiful, the sexual body that God created, and then the act of sex, which God created and all of the pleasures that come with that. And he's twisted it and put it in circumstances that it was never intended to be in. Hmm. So Satan twists it. And then media twists it. I mean, you think about TV and movies, a girl walks by and all the guys are looking at her breasts and her butt, right? Mm -hmm. Or how advertisements show us this is what a body's supposed to look like, both male and female, by the way, not just women. So media shames or mm, warps our perspective of the body. Media warps our perspective of sexuality. Obviously, pornography also majorly warps it. So I'd say there are a lot of things that really influence the way we view sex that, that warp how God wants us to view sex and how God wants us to view our bodies. Yeah. Huge impact from upbringing to media, to how Satan just warps things. And I do appreciate you bringing into context the aspect of Satan Satan working things, because I remember in my journey and especially being single and, and working on that discipline, but being in an environment and, and seeing all these things around me where it's like sex or the body is bad. You know, there's a lot of shame associated with it. Yeah. The body and, is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like the body is bad. And then I always thought, wow, God, like we abuse this so much. Enjoy being stylish. Our community partner, Back to Jesus, is a faith-based apparel and accessories online store. When you purchase items with our logo, you are proclaiming God, who has control, the Spirit, who gives us strength, peace, and comfort, and Jesus, who is our refuge. Turn heads with our stylish products while praising Him. Shop at backtojesus.us to purchase items. That was my my main thought. Man, we've abused what you've intended for good. And it happens super early. I did a a research study on married women's experiences of shame and sexuality. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that came up over and over and over in these interviews and this research was that a part of what made women feel shameful about sex was that they felt shameful about their bodies that they heard negative comments about their bodies from when they were young, from family members. I had people in the study talk about how people would comment, you know, about my big butt or about how I'm a zipper. I'm so skinny or about how, if you continue acting like that, you know, you're going to be pregnant before you're 16. You know, if you keep walking around like that, with, you know, showing your body like that being called fat. So, so um, being, I had one woman share her, her father put their obese sister on the scale in front of the whole family. Mm. So those experiences of around the body growing up 
Hmm. Shame the body. Hmm. And then it gets connected to sexuality where then like the woman whose dad did that with the scale, she then dealt with anorexia for the next couple decades and then didn't feel comfortable being naked around her husband, a loving godly husband. So a negative view of the body just has so many ramifications. And I'm glad that you shared that because I don't think until this conversation, I, I made that connection mm. in, in the sense of, of how I perceive my body is what I end up perceiving about sexuality. Yeah, they're very connected. Yeah. And, and I think hearing you say that kind of opens the door for a lot is in, in a sense, as well as an awareness of who I am and being okay enough with who I am, but understanding that if I'm not okay in this area, it's going to unpack the other area. Yeah. Yeah. They overlap so much. Yeah. And so as you're talking about this, one of the things that I'm thinking about is, well, how do we get back to a place where we can think about ourselves in this positive context, this God's context, and mm -hmm. try to, I think, push out some of these experiences that has plagued us and kept us in this position where our heads are down, or not only our heads down, but we're constantly so covered because we don't want to be seen. That's such an important question. I think we need to first recognize all the different things that are influencing how we view our bodies. You know, we've got, we've got the dieting culture that's so prominent, you know, that the only way to be healthy is to be thin, which isn't even accurate. I tell people to go check out the approach. It's called health at every size, such a great approach. So I think sometimes there's learning new views of the body, getting rid of so I also work with disordered eating and eating disorders and body image issues in therapy. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that comes up even socially with, especially, well, also within Christian groups is how we sit around at parties and we engage in things called fat talk. Like, so, you know, what's the latest diet you're on? And, you know, I'm only eating this on the holidays. And if you eat it with your fingers, it doesn't have as many calories. So we all do it at every party, what you call fat talk. Yeah. and or we do things that sound like a compliment, like, oh, you look great. Did you lose weight? <laughs> like we do so many comments that shame the body. So anything around dieting and weight loss and things like that, we just need to begin, start realizing that we make comments. We say things like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get healthy. And what we actually mean is I'm trying to get thin. Yeah. And so we've associated the word health with thin. Also, I think the other thing that we have to learn. So I think education is a big part is about culture. We shame people with curvy bodies. There's some two articles that came out recently for women of color, how we shame curvy bodies for, and not just for women of color, but that might be especially prominent. One of the authors, her name is Charlize Bishop. She's a therapist. No, she's a, actually, I think she might be a nurse. And she talked about the history behind viewing curvy bodies um, in an objectifying way obviously out of time of slavery, but it coming into the use of it in like in videos, in music videos and mm -hmm. in music culture now and how the shaming of the thick, big breasted bodies. Yeah. Um, so she does a, an incredible article. And then Alyssa Davis, no, that's right. She's the RN. She wrote on diet culture for women of color and how they have to 
navigate this beauty ideal that's dominated by the white Eurocentric culture, I think we just have to identify the issue in order to change the issue that we have both family upbringings so comments that parents make, comments mm. that are made at church, you know, by people who love us and our culture, even expectations from one generation to another. I have grandmothers saying to their granddaughters, honey, you're putting on a few pounds. Yeah. So I think we have to change. Number one, just recognize the problem. I do think there's some practical things. You, <laughs> you got to be a part of that talk that I did in Dallas. And like, if everybody's listening right now, um, close your eyes and put your hand on the part of your body that you don't like. <laughs> What's the part of your body you like the least? Close your eyes, put your hand on it. And then say with me, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, everybody together. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, you can remove your hand from that body part. You can open up your eyes. You know, whatever that body part is, we have to reclaim that that body part's amazing. I always put mine on the fat rolls on my stomach. And I tend to pay attention to the fat rolls, right? What's underneath my hand is skin and skin is amazing. And oh, wait, there's like kidneys and liver. And I mean, so many amazing parts. If you've ever gotten to listen to the Maya Angelou poem Mm. uh, called Phenomenal Woman. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. She talks about just how amazing the female body is. I highly recommend. She talks about, you know, I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size, but I am phenomenally woman. I just think we have to reclaim Hmm. the biblical view of the body. And like in Proverbs 31, it says that she had strength and vigor. Hmm. So how about we talk about strength and vigor instead of the size of someone's waist Mm. or, or the amount of fat on their body or, you know, that like, I want to be strong. I want to be vigorous. Mm. I think we just have to educate ourselves. We have to reclaim the view that God wants us to have of our body. I always recommend the book called earthen vessels by Anderson. Mm. That's a good Mm. one. I'm writing a book right now called the body reclaiming a biblical perspective. So I think we have to relearn and reclaim the view of the body that God wants us to have. And I definitely appreciate what you've shared and even the exercise, because again, going back to the scripture that we hear so much, but do we necessarily really connect that to our body image? Yeah. And so having that example of, hey, address what you consider because of course, for me, mine was my stomach. And, yeah. and even with what you were saying in terms of how we communicate with other people, because I'm always telling somebody I'm on some kind of diet. And I'm yeah. trying to change my eating habits <laughs> so I can be healthier. But you're right. My healthier is just to be skinny because I do exercise and I do all the other stuff. I just don't like this extra weight. And what if we change that? We actually know that we know from research that the healthiest people are the average to, to, to moderately overweight people, but we don't tell them that when they go to the doctor, the doctor says, if you're slight, if you're slightly overweight, you better lose that. When actually that we've associated it with health, when people can actually be healthy, the BMI is a terrible way to judge health. So yeah. 
Yeah, because I get tired of going to the doctor and they tell me I'm obese. How many times I got to see that on my chart? I know. (laughs) And so, so I really recommend, I can't say it enough, that people look up the approach called health at every size, where the focus Mm -hmm. is having a positive view of the body. I, I love the different pillars they have. One is enjoyable movement, life enhancing movement is the word that they use. And how about instead of, well, let's go exercise to get the pounds off. How about we go learn how to move in a way that's enjoyable? How mm. about we learn to enjoy our food, not mm. eat less of it? Because actually we know from the field of um, eating disorders that if you want to help someone with when they have an unhealthy relationship with food, mm-hmm. you actually teach them to slow down and enjoy it. Hmm. Not the opposite, which is restrict it. Hmm. So Paul even says that restricting has, has no value to it. So, yeah. And I do appreciate you bringing that up because that was one thing, because I had a health coach for a whole year in, in 2021. And the thing that she worked with me on the most was two important factors about drinking water <laughs> and eating regularly because huh? I was inadvertently starving myself because I was so consumed with work, but yeah. your body just holds on to all that and yeah. stores it. And you're like, well, why am I still this size? I'm barely eating. Well, because you're barely eating. Isn't that funny? Yeah, very much so. Oh, good job for your health coach. <laughs> yeah. And so you you did, I think, set a couple of resources. Yeah. You talked about the Maya Angelou. Eventually, we'll be able to read your book. Yeah. But what is maybe another, and did I miss another resource that you shared that we oh, can? Yeah, kind of- Earthen, Earthen Vessels by Anderson. Earthen Vessel. Okay. Gotcha. A good book on relearning a perspective on the body. Okay. Uh-huh. And then the book by Bacon, Linda Bacon, Health at Every Size. Which I appreciate you sharing that. And the reason why I'm asking for those resources is because even though we may not talk about it out loud, yeah. we may not say, oh, I'm struggling with thinking positively about my body image. Mm-hmm. And so because we don't vocalize it, we um, keep feeding that negative perspective and, and as well as not have the resources to kind of help shift that perspective as well. I, I actually forgot one other thing. This is funny. So in my two books, The Redeemed Sexuality and the Art of Intimate Marriage, I have a whole chapter on body image and sexuality. So so your books as well are as great resources, yep. <laughs> which because <laughs> as, as I'm looking at the oh, yeah. time. I'm like, okay, well, we barely scratched the surface. Because there's a couple of things that you share that I want to go back into uh, and talk about a little bit. But I'm also looking at the time and realize see, it goes by so quickly, doesn't it? So quick. That we've run out of time for this episode. And for those who listen to me, I'm still the same in 2022. 2022. I got to get the extra two in there as I was last season, which is when I interview people, you know, I'm going to ask them to come back. So Jennifer, would you please come back so we can dig a little bit more into this great conversation? I would love to. All right. So you guys, this is a, just a teeny bit of goodness. And I hope that the things that we share so far will edify and encourage your spirit in terms of how you view your body and realizing that yes, that scripture of being fearfully and wonderfully made does actually also encapsulate who we were created by our creator. So come back next week. We're going to keep on talking 
And until then, enjoy your week.